it's hard to talk about your mental health. It's it's hard to feel like you can. It's hard to open up. It's really hard to reach out. Anybody who chooses to reach out, I'm already super proud of. And, and no one should feel abnormal and no one should label anybody abnormal because if you if you are going to label somebody or yourself also, I would highly encourage that you contemplate on what normal is and eventually you will find out that normal is just a myth. <laughs> What's normal for a spider is chaos for a fly. Hi everyone, my name is Shantanu and we are here because we sense the urgency of healing, growth and change. Our goal with this podcast and company is to bring you tools and inspiration so we together can create a flourishing world both inwardly and outwardly for ourselves and generations to come. Today we have with us David Tony Copeland, another warrior who is fighting a battle for his and everyone's mental health and well-being on a daily basis. From his own battles of mental health issues, he has learned a lot of valuable lessons which he uses to help and support people going through mental health crisis all over the world. He also works with Canadian Mental Health Association and helps people to get medical assistance. He stays hyperactive on social media and reaches out to people who are in need on daily basis. So hit that subscribe button and I hope you will enjoy the conversation. Hey David man, welcome to the podcast. It's been a long time coming. Hi, uh, I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, and I was I was really excited to get you on the podcast because right now uh, with the situation with all this pandemic and all, we are like super super focused on negativity, and it's like we have fo- uh, forgot that there are people like you who are helpers and who are working towards creating better communities, working towards betterment of society and working towards the betterment of the world. So. One of actually one of my goal with this podcast was to bring people who are working towards the betterment of the world because with our news outlets, what we tend to do is we tend to focus on negativity and there's a reason behind that because as a species we have evolved to focus on negativity so they take they take advantage of that tendency of ours. So thanks for coming. Especially in the media, the media, they, yeah. they focus more on the bad than the good because that's what sells, right? Exactly. So I wanted to get into what fascinates me about people is not what they do. What fascinates me about them is why they do what they do. So let's get straight into that. Uh, why okay. you do what you're doing right now with the, all those people you're helping? Why you're doing all this? Well, for many years, uh, I I had suffered personally undiagnosed from mental illness. Um, At at some point in the not too recent past, my friend had reached out to me because he'd been having problems with depression and anxiety. Uh, So I would went over to him, his house to talk to him about uh, getting help from somebody I know from the Canadian Mental Health Association. Yeah. while I was there talking about him, he's, he's a streamer. He, he does a live stream. Uh, a lot of the people who were watching his stream started asking me questions uh, about depression, about how to cope, about you know what I did to get through mine and what he needed to do to get through his. Yeah. And uh, I, I ended up leaving his house helping not only him, but a few 
few of the people who were watching his stream. And on my way home, I felt really good that I could maybe stop people from having some of the more difficult nights I myself have gone through. So I started slow with my own stream. Uh, I, I got made a moderator on men's mental health, and that's where I met you. Yeah. And I've recently started my own page for crisis outreach and support. Yeah, yeah, you're doing great, great work with all these groups and whatever support you're giving to people. Uh, can we talk a little about your experience with mental illness? How, what was your journey like with mental, mental health issues? Uh, my mental health issues stem back a good 15 years. Um, I've recently been diagnosed with uh, schizoaffective and schizophrenia, which is one of the more serious ones. And uh, for years, I, I'd been trying to address my depression and my anxiety because they'd become constants in my life. I would always be anxious. I would always be nervous and sweaty and shaky and stuff. And I thought I, I was addressing them individually, not as a whole. And it turned out that they weren't, I wasn't just depressed and anxious. Those were side effects from a, a more serious underlying mental health problem. So as soon as that got addressed, uh, yeah. my goals kind of shifted to helping others that were, were confused or lost in the same sort of confusion. Yeah, and it's it's very, very important to come come out and talk about your stuff because it's kind of people kind of feel lonely and you might have while helping others you might have witnessed this that that this loneliness which people feel when they are going through through any mental health issue well that's that's my goal uh you've seen me work on the men's mental yes, health page and you're doing the crisis <laughs> page if anybody on there says they're having problems i'm the first person to go you need to talk you can talk to me Right? Exactly. I don't want anyone to feel alone. That's terrible. So you, you work with a lot of people who are uh, going through a suicidal phase as well. So how how yeah. do you approach that uh, approach? How do you approach a person who is going through that phase in his life? You, you have to be supportive, and and you really need to try and make them feel strong about themselves. I, I always tell anybody who reaches out to me that it takes a great deal of strength to actually reach out because exactly. there is so much in society that's telling men and women, especially men, that being mentally ill is, is a form of weakness. So anybody who reaches out, you need to re encourage the fact that that took a great deal of strength because on some level you are exposing a side of you that you've probably not been letting people see. Yeah, great point. And when when I think about schizo, uh, a lot of things come in my mind. And one of uh, the thing is the movie called Beautiful Mind. Have you watched that? I have seen Beautiful Mind. Yes. Yeah, and it's a movie for people who don't know. It's a movie about uh, about an economist called John Nash, who has schizophrenia, and he. Through sheer awareness, he manages to survive. And uh, one of our guests, Komal, 
she introduced she just made me aware that the movie also shows that without medication like not without medication with the help of medication you can go through all these severe kind of illnesses and later on you can quit medication also so what what are your thoughts on medication and how are you specifically dealing with it and what have you observed with working with people what is the role of medication in all that well i i feel that in order to properly address any sort of mental health issue there needs to be some sort of medication i i'm also a strong believer in therapy but most of these illnesses these mental illnesses come from a chemical imbalance in your brain your dopamine and your serotonin receptors aren't aren't working properly so you're unbalanced and it it affects your mood and most aspects of your daily life so in order to actually cope properly and and make it through these these episodes uh, i believe it's absolutely essential that everybody takes med- the medication that a professional prescribes them so they can help uh, balance out some of that very very delicate brain chemistry i don't think it's totally because of chemical imbalance so i'll i'll tell you something about this chemical imbalance theory uh, how it started uh, there once there uh, there came a book called the broken brain which someone in the psychiatric association published it and in that book they said that we have found the cure to all these uh, severe illnesses and it is because of the chemical imbalance and they also but they also gave a note there that it has yet to be proven and it's been 30 years and they didn't came up with any sort of proof but all they all we believed it because by taking this medications the symptoms not totally the symptoms not totally go away but they lower the symptoms these medications so it's like it's like saying that uh, i am sad so i'll take alcohol to reduce my sadness so well, that that doesn't mean that uh, that alcohol was lacking in my body and causing sadness like uh, a mental illness could be because of some sort of experience some sort of trauma and meant and this uh, chemical imbalance might be one aspect of that but i what i'm saying is it's not the whole picture what do you think well no i i never said it was the whole picture yeah. actually environmental stimulus is a big part of it as well as also childhood trauma and you know recent traumas cause great deal exactly. of it it can have such an effect on a person that it will cause them to just kind of go off a bit and i'm not saying medications the ultimate answer therapy is probably one of the best resources available exactly. but medication can help you control it to the point where you're aware of it and you can begin healing absolutely medication can help but you should not rely on that forever no no you have to come to terms with what's happening in your brain in your body last time when we talked you also said something about there is also a spiritual aspect of it you should also explore spiritual things when you are in these kinds of situation because when your mind is uncontrollable to you you realize first time in your life that reality is quite malleable 
Oh, yeah, <laughs> reality can be tricky, yeah. um, especially for people going through the hard stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's weird to hear about from the outside looking in that somebody's having problems like registering reality properly, but it does happen a lot. I, I have talked to people who thought they were Jesus and, you know, they have the God complex. And that's something you have to kind of tiptoe around while doing outreach because those those people, those are the people who need the medication. <laughs> that's yeah. what I mean. Some people need it. You know, some people can at that stage they need it. Yeah, they don't need but, it for their whole life, but at that that stage they might need it if they are trying to hurt themselves or somebody else. Yeah, spirituality and meditation is really important though for for anybody who's open to it um if, if someone's getting uh benefits from from meditating obviously it, w- it would be foolish of somebody in my position to tell them to stop doing that if, yeah. if somebody was seeking comfort in religion same deal it's uh why would you get in the way of that you know <laughs> exactly so what i what i believe uh, that when you go through all these sorts of issue by going through it and you have been through over over a decade you have been through all this by going through this you learn a lot about the human mind the human brain and how complex and fragile thing it is so what are your learnings about human brain what have you explored i've learned that despite uh, high levels of intelligence, no matter how smart you are, um, depression and anxiety, it, it will make your brain just go off. It, it, there's very little you can do when your brain goes horribly awry. Uh, especially for someone like me, my biggest problem when it, when I would experience an episode is the fact that I could not control my thoughts. I couldn't control my thought process or you know, auditory hallucinations are scary and you can't control that either. So it's it's really important that yeah. So how how have you learned to cope with that, and what are the best best methods you have seen in people you are helping? What what made what makes recovery possible? Um, well, because I'm I'm not qualified to diagnose anyone with anything. I don't pretend to be. Uh, I'm an advocate. Yeah. I don't. It seems to me that most people just need someone to talk to, someone to listen, someone, someone so they can say the things that they, they don't feel comfortable saying around their friends and family out of fear of judgment or the stigmas that come along with mental health. Yeah. A supportive family or a supportive friend circle can play a major role. And I think one more thing plays a major role, tell me if I'm wrong that what I have seen in myself that I always believed that I can heal. I never believed that psychiatric assumption that this is permanent and this is never going to go away. I always believed that I can heal and I can cure it. And there are a lot of people I can give you example like people like John Nash, people like Kanye West, which have been, uh, which have been and I myself which are going like which are uh, these people are doing great 
after being. I'm too not alone. sure Kanye is doing great, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> not That's, sure about that guy. Yeah. He's he, his he's next level. Down. We we need another episode to talk about Kanye. <laughs> yeah, we That's, could do a whole series on Kanye. On Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's no, take John Nash an example. Let's leave Kanye. <laughs> yeah, Kanye needs medication. <laughs> I can tell you that that guy does. Uh, but but you you can also see there is with Kanye also, even he is a very hyper person. He also went in that spiritualistic uh, spiritualistic aspect of his life, which you were talking about earlier. He's also doing these sermons. He's creating these musical melodies about healing and all that. Well, creating anything while you're you're depressed or anxious, something you can feel proud and something you can feel accomplished for doing, it it will uh, release a bunch of serotonin and dopamine in your brain, make you feel better. So, it's it's known to yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll play Minecraft with my son. And sometimes, if I'm not feeling too good, and we'll build a castle together, and after you stand back and look at your castle, and you go, "Yeah, I did that," and you feel good for a few minutes, and yeah. you know, uh, being creative and and using that as an outlet is definitely a really, really good way to try and cope. Um, I encourage anyone to uh, to follow their artistic side. All right, what what other coping mechanisms have you found what other tools we can give to these people who are going through some kind of issue what will you suggest i like to walk my dog personally nice long walk down down the nature path that's not too far from here is is really good that there's a nice creek so it sounds really pretty the nature the, it's it's calming uh with that is you know pets pets are good you know I got a big fluffy husky, and if I'm sad, I'll hug him, and you know it's it's good. Family is also if you can find someone in your family who's understanding and compassionate about your endeavor, about what you're going through, then um, they that can be the best boost of all. But that cuts both ways because sometimes people don't understand and aren't compassionate, lack empathy. And those people aren't going to have any sort of positive effect on on your mood or your or your mental health. Yeah, great point. And you talked something about stigma. You like, and when you talk about family, there is a lot of stigma and a lot of non-acceptance of these issues. So, what are your thoughts on that? How can we remove this stigma from our society? Well, it's very, very stupid to have a stigma in itself uh, regarding these issue issues. Well, see, a lot of the stigmas are, and and I I was speaking with my girlfriend about this last night. A lot of the stigmas are a result of the media, but it's not really the media's fault because storytelling requires an antagonist that is is scary, right? I right, take the movie American Psycho for example. Yeah. All right. That that is going to produce a whole bunch of negative stereotypes for the mental health community, right? That everybody's dangerous and scary, and but without without mental illness, there wouldn't be a movie there. So, 
what we need to do as a society is is use all the resources that we can to try and counter that. I know the city I'm in right now, we have a program, I don't remember what it's called, but it's they're trying to equal out the funding for people with physical disabilities with people with mental disabilities because it's it's not equal. Uh, physical disabilities get way more funding and, and yeah. the, the mentally ill, we get pushed aside and, and fed the scraps, but we haven't even properly recognized that there is a mental health aspect of a human being. Uh, when you label someone, so you de uh, what I think is you dehumanize him like and start to treat him like he's not human, he's some kind of label. Like if you label someone schizophrenic or label someone bipolar, so you're not properly defining who he really is. He's a very complex being. He's not just uh label exactly um i i think you said you were bipolar yeah right i, I don't label myself bipolar but i was diagnosed uh, bipolar yes so you understand the, the weird looks you can get when you choose to share that with someone i i choose not to really tell anybody i'm close with about my diagnosis because weird looks and I, I don't want to answer a million questions about hearing things <laughs> you know it's it's the people who are caring and understanding who will go home and read up on it themselves those are the people you want around you those are the people who will help you fight the stigmas the people who will give you weird looks and go that's not normal those people aren't helpful yeah and they'll, well, they'll, they'll judge your every action every sentence you're speaking with that framework in mind that Oh, this person might be crazy and he'll he's doing this out of that yeah <laughs> it's it's hard the stigmas are something i'm working hard to fight i'm working hard to change but and you are too obviously so as long as we can keep this momentum going in society where there are people who want to get things done then hopefully over time it will become more acceptable socially to to open yourself up for help because if you can't open yourself up for help you're gonna suffer in silence yeah I think like it's that concept of normal okay <laughs> uh, defining this is normal and this is abnormal according to your own preferences which society does that if something or someone is not fitting in that the, that whole picture of society then they'll label it abnormal and there will be a there will always be kids who do not fit in that picture of society and if you are gonna label every kid something like this is AD, he is ADHD, he is bipolar or he is schizo then, then you are gonna create a very very stupid society what I think and what you should instead do is like create a loving supporting environment and look at strengths of people rather than saying that he is sensitive and let's not uh, let's not talk to him or let's not be near him you can rather say oh he's so sensitive he'll be a great psychologist or he's so sensitive he'll be a great social worker like this that's, that's right yeah. yeah we gotta push these like people what you are doing what you are doing like this uh, issues had made you what i think a lot of sensitive and you feel feel uh, a lot of empathy there is in you which you feel 
for these people and you are trying to help if you haven't gone through all this maybe you wouldn't be doing what you are doing right now no not at all i i want to stop people from from going through the stuff i've gone through i want to provide encouragement and advice and a hand to hold while you walk down that road because it's not an easy one to go down so that's that's my goal is to just reach as many people who need help and don't know who to turn to cuz i i try and relate to everybody i talk to every single person i feel i can relate to on some level so mm. it's it's important to me to to try and try and help i just i just want to see people get to where they need to go i don't want anyone to spend some of those long grueling nights that i personally have spent this is horrible exactly and i have seen you talk to people and you just talk like they are another human being you talk to him like a normal human can should talk to another human when he is suffering i'm open to talk to anybody who yeah. finds the strength to to reach out to me exactly. if you you've already taken the first step talking to to somebody anybody whether it's me or or a crisis helpline or you know anybody but that that first step is so important and so crucial to yeah. to better mental health that it's why we need to get rid of the stigmas i've talked to many many men specifically who will straight up tell me that they feel weak that this is a weakness for them and that's usually where i tell them no i all i see in the person i'm talking to is a great deal of strength yeah to to accept help to admit that you might need it and and to to reach out reaching out is the most important thing you can do and i i honestly wish that more people would do it it would make my life a little more chaotic but i i'm okay with that yeah. right and, and and no one should feel abnormal and no one should label anybody abnormal because if you if you are going to label somebody or yourself also i would highly encourage that you contemplate on what normal is and eventually you will find out that normal is just a myth <laughs> what's normal for a spider is chaos for a fly well said man and what i also wanted to know you are in a book club you told me and it's very very fascinating i am a big bookworm uh it's it's not a it's got nothing to do with mental health it's just a book club <laughs> but uh, we're we're currently reading Jurassic Park which is a it's a good movie and it's a great book. All right so what are what are the three books which you have uh, maybe gifted or recommended the most to people? That's a really really good question. I wish I'd prepared for that better. <laughs> oh, you can take time and know issues. Do they have to be mental health related? No no any book which you have loved i think i think everything is mental health related <laughs> you can't ignore mental health from life <laughs> true i i'd yeah. say pillars of the earth by kenneth foley that is a fascinating read i i'm going to put jurassic park on the list because i've enjoyed it so much and that's by michael crichton and my third one would have to be the great shark hunt by hunter s thompson All right, and all these three is all these three are fiction, right? Not the Great Shark Hunt. The Great Shark Hunt, uh, non-fiction. All right. What what it's about exactly? It's about a journalist who goes to Cuba 
to uh, cover a shark fishing tournament. Oh, it, it doesn't sound exciting or interesting, but a lot of stuff no, no. happens. In, in, in <laughs> it book, sounds obviously. it sounds interesting and like it's very very interesting to get a different perspective, and that books are wonderful to do that. Well, reading can be a very calming thing. Unfortunately, for some people, like if I was having any sort of schizophrenic episode, I don't think I'd be able to sit down and read a book. That that would probably be really complicated for me. But uh, and especially, especially I think, uh, especially I think, if you are having some uh, sleep problem, having problems sleeping, then you can read a fiction, and it will most probably it will make you sleep because you'll yeah. go in that dream world, and your mind will calm down, as you pointed out. So well, one of the things I use as a tool also. Fall, one of the things I'll do when I'm trying to fall asleep and having problems is uh. I, I will basically read a book in my head. I, I'll picture something like a stream. Interesting. And I will try and describe it with as many big words and as fluidly as possible in my head to try and focus a little more on something relaxing than the thoughts that are swimming around up there. Just you know. All right, uh, David. Some final words you would like to share with our listeners. I, oh, I thought about this all week. <laughs> My final words is, um, it's hard to talk about your mental health. It's, it's hard to feel like you can. It's hard to open up. It's really hard to reach out. Anybody who chooses to reach out, I'm already super proud of. Uh, reaching out is the first step, which makes it the most important one. Good health isn't good. Mental health isn't something you buy, not something you can ask for. It's something you have to work to. But you'll feel better when you do. Never be afraid to reach out. It's it's what helps the most, in my experience personally, and from what I've seen from others doing what I've been doing. Yes. From a perspective of the person who is going through it, reaching out is very, very hard and very, very important. You should do it if you're going through something. And from the perspective of the person who is around someone who is going through something, it's very, very important to listen to that person without judgment. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming out. And it's been really, really a pleasure talking to you and knowing you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. I've enjoyed this. This was fun. It was a good same little here, talk. Same here, likewise.